0: Welcome into the Nightcap here on WGR. Happy Monday. Zach Jones along with you for about the next hour or so. Interesting topics for today, mainly due to Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. going back and forth about... Whether or not OBJ will wind up with the Bills, if he should wind up with the Bills, will Von Miller stop recruiting him? I doubt that. I think he is going to continue to recruit him. I think he knows how much he meant to the Rams in the second half of the season, especially once Robert Woods went down, which was essentially immediately the moment Odell Beckham Jr. arrived. So that's where I want to to go today. Today is going to be predominantly wide receiver based. I'll comment a little bit later about how the Patriots still can't play 11-on-11 11 11 in training camp. They're still getting bad reviews by basically any media member that's... I, you know, I'm, I'm saying this like, you know, Patriots media members aren't kind of talking smack a little bit. They are. But it seems like every national media member that shows up to Patriots practice is like, wow, their offense looks really bad. It does not look in sync. It does not look good at all. But today I want to take a look at the wide receiver position for the Buffalo Bills. I did a lot of this pre-draft I did a lot of write-ups I and and I was always somebody who thought the bills can do better at wide receiver always did it wasn't that it was bad I just thought they could always be better there could always be more talent there could always be more food in the cupboard it it didn't matter to me you have a all-pro level quarterback for the next 10-15 years I was all about going into the draft going into free agency load up I was big on potentially getting DJ Chark in free agency. Michael Gallup, before he tore his ACL, it was someone I was very, very high on in free agency. And then, of course, come the draft, I wrote a number of pieces on a ton of wide receivers. Chris Olave, Calvin Austin III, Christian Watson. There was always somebody I wanted the Bills to target in terms of just bringing in more bodies, getting more weapons for Josh to throw to. I never wanted it to feel like, ooh, he has nobody. You know, going to Green Bay... They have nobody now. With Devontae Adams gone, it's a complete mystery. Alan Lazard is a fine receiver, but not a number 1. Sammy Watkins can't stay healthy. And Christian Watson, who I loved coming out of the draft, seemingly is not the big star of Packers camp. So what am I to make of that? It doesn't matter what I make of that. All I know is I never want the Bills to be in that situation in the Allen era. I never want them to be in that position because if they are to me that just signals they've let this go to waste too long it doesn't matter if it's an injury you know injuries happen I don't, I don't want to sit here and act like you know one or two injuries and all of a sudden it's like oh, I can't believe they didn't focus on this they, they should have gotten somebody more no uh, look injuries happen and sometimes there's fluke injuries no one was sitting there with the Baltimore Ravens last year going man they should have really drafted more running backs I can't believe they lost four of them before the season started it, fluke injuries and stuff like that does happen but i never want the bills to be caught staring at a wall and when they turn around they realized the girl they were talking to was gone i never want to get to that point where they just don't pay attention long enough and all of a sudden alan is sitting here going guys i have no one to throw to like why am i why am i here I never want to get to that point because now in the modern NFL, you can't just sit here and assume that your superstar quarterback who you've paid is just going to stay on a bad team or a team rebuilding or whatever it is forever. That is not what it's become anymore. Guys move on. They realize their legacies are too important to sit here and wait for a team to figure out their bearings. So I never want the bills to get to that point. And along with that, I never want to sit here at the end of a season going, man, I wish the Bills were more aggressive. I never want to get to that point. I don't think I have to worry that much. Brandon Bean has shown himself to be willing to deal first-round picks for guys he believes are going to be immediate assets. He's willing to trade up to go get players he believes will be immediate assets, even in the draft. So I, I have no fear of that. But this is where the Odell Beckham Jr. thing has been so heavily on my mind. For the past five or six months. Pretty much the moment he tore his ACL. Because then it became a thing of maybe the Rams don't bring him back. Maybe he really will hit the open market. And, and you know, doing the show with Mike today, we, we took a lot of callers. We, we, we heard a lot of opinions on where everything's going. In terms of the Odell Beckham Jr. discussion, really. People are much more willing, at least from from my vantage point based off two polls I put out, are much more willing to sign OBJ than months than a few months ago. Some of that is just the fact that maybe rumors have started or rumors have sort of settled and the fact that Odo Beckham Jr. really wasn't wrong most of the time. As much as he complained, as much as he was annoying, he wasn't really wrong all the time. But then the big one. Von Miller is endorsing the move heavily. He's the one pushing the train. But when I look at Odell Beckham Jr., I know a lot of people are worried about, well, where are these touches going? Who is losing out on this? Probably a fifth round Khalil Shakir. If if we're being completely and utterly honest with ourselves, it's probably Shakir. Beckham and Diggs can both play in the slot. They can do a lot of work inside. That's fine. Davis is also a deep threat. But really my point with Odell Beckham Jr. And kind of my point of why I'm okay if they add a receiver. And why I also think, and we'll get to this a little bit later about Khalil Shakir and the role I believe he'll have. It's why I think this role for Shakir is even a possibility. It's because the Bills don't have an Emmanuel Sanders or a John Brown like they have the past few years. The past two years. The Bills have, for the last two years, had a third outside wide receiver. They've had guys that can move around. That's fine. But they've, they've had a third wide receiver on the outside. Gabe Davis has now taken on the role of the second wide receiver. He's taken on the role that was John Brown's and then last year Manuel Sanders. But who's taken Gabe's role? Who, who? Right now there's nobody. But who is taking Gabe's role? Deep threat, scheme him open, bit of a change of pace wide receiver because you're covering digs and, and now Dave is too much. All of a sudden he comes in, boom. Big play waiting happen. OBJ can be that, especially because he'd be a late season addition. Odell Beckham Jr. tore his ACL, as we all know, in the Super Bowl. It's not necessarily a year-long wait now. It's about nine months. And especially with the Bills' coaching staff and, and, and training staff, it will likely be ten months. If he signed here, they would be extra careful to make sure that he is healthy and ready to go. They're doing the same thing with Tredavious White. They're doing the same thing with a lot of guys who currently in camp right now, where if they're a little sore, we're not going to play him. No need to. They don't have to practice today. No need to. They are very careful with everyone's health. Which is something I actually think Odell Beckham Jr. would welcome. And I'm not saying you know Cleveland or or LA were were not careful with his health. It's just something that the Bills have now a a proven track record over these past few years with guys dealing with injuries. They have a proven track record that when you come here, we make sure you're healthy. We make sure you're taken care of. But Odell, Odell Beckham Jr. is not the guy of his first three years in his NFL career, right? I think that's the thing. You are getting the name. You are not getting that production. You are not getting maybe the most talented wide receiver to leave college. Maybe the greatest start to a career ever. Maybe outside of Randy Moss. In his first three years, every single year he had over 1,300 yards. He had double-digit touchdowns. His first year, his rookie year, is something special. Look past the one catch. He played 11 games. He had 91 receptions, 1,300 yards, and 12 touchdowns. He came into the season hurt, and by the end of it, he was still one of the most productive wide receivers in the NFL. It is, to me, the greatest rookie season ever, outside of Randy Moss, of his rookie year. And his second and third year were much of the same. 96 receptions, 1,400 yards, 13 touchdowns. 101 receptions, over 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns. That is one of the best wide receivers to ever play the game for a three year stretch, but that is not who you're getting. Odo Beckham Jr. has dealt with a ton of injuries. The ACL tear he is recovering from now is his second in the same knee, and while medicine and sports medicine specifically has gotten so much better from even back in the early 2000s, you know torn ACL is not a death sentence to a player's career, two in the same knee is still something you have to sit there and kind of hold your breath on. Which is why, again, I'm so big on the Bills going to get him. Because I'm not asking the team to literally put Odell Beckham Jr. as their number one and say, go do this. We need 2014-2016 to Odell Beckham Jr. I'm not asking for that. The Bills aren't asking for that, and Odell Beckham Jr. himself is not asking for that. There's a misconception with Odell Beckham Jr. that he is a me-first guy, that he only wants the ball, and that he's going to cause a fuss and all this stuff. He signed with the Rams, or he openly was happy to go to the Rams because he got traded from Cleveland as their third-round guy, and he was happy to have that role. He was just happy to be out of Cleveland. Cleveland, when they got him, absolutely wanted him to be the number 1. They had Landry. They wanted Odell Beckham Jr. to be that guy. But the Rams, initially when he was being sold that team, he was going to be the third option behind Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. It just so happened that the day he got there, Robert Woods tore his ACL. And so that allowed Odo Beckham Jr. to slot into the second option. But there have been moments, even outside of those first three years, where you genuinely watched him still and you went, that's just different. That's he's just a different player. Cleveland, I could never understand what the problem was. Could never figure it out. It sounds like Baker couldn't hit him deep. That's what the that's what the film shows. But with New York, they just got him the ball. Just get him the ball and let him go. Cleveland, it felt like he had to formulate within their offense, which is another interesting thing. Kevin Stefanski. The last coach he has with Cleveland. You know what other wide receiver he ran out of town? Not in Cleveland, but in Minnesota. Stephon Diggs. Diggs didn't necessarily have a problem with Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins put up, puts up yards. He puts up points. He puts up touchdowns. In terms of receiver and getting stats, Kirk Cousins is great for you. Look at Justin Jefferson. It was more the fact that Kevin Stefanski's offense, because he was the offensive coordinator at the time, almost hates throwing the ball. It is not wide receiver friendly in the slightest. It's why a lot of people now look at the Vikings and are very excited now they have Kevin O'Connell. Because all all of the old feeling of the the Vikings offense is gone. O'Connell's coming over from the Rams. And that could be incredibly interesting. Justin Jefferson could absolutely have a career year. Maybe the best in the NFL. But Odell Beckham Jr. would come in and fill a third role. Which is a need. There is no third outside wide receiver on this team, at least not one that is naturally that position. Also, just flat out, it's talent. It is talent that would come in and immediately, again, give everyone more credence, more, yeah, they are a good team. It is a move that, number one, won't have to be a move really for very long. You can sign him and pack him away, get him healthy, bring him in, and we're going to get him healthy. And he kind of could just be in the locker room. Him, Josh, Stefan, Gabe, all can kind of get together, know each other before he even has to step on the field once. He can see how the offense is working and start kind of formulating with Ken Dorsey and Josh how he can help out once he's healthy. He is a late-season trade that you have to spend basically a little over league minimum to get for a year and he can absolutely help you win a Super Bowl. Because that's what he did with the Rams. If they don't get him, if they don't make that trade, and Robert Woods goes down, but he's traded that same day, what happens then? I mean, what happens? They likely don't win the Super Bowl. They likely don't. Because to be fair, they were having a really, really tough time with the him on the field look at the look at all their playoff games outside of Arizona which they ran through them but Beckham had four targets four receptions 54 yards and a touchdown the rest of their games are incredibly close and he was instrumental in those games go to Tampa Bay eight catches 69 yards San Francisco in a tightly contested game nine catches 113 yards. And then, of course, the Super Bowl. On just three targets, he had two receptions, 52 yards, and a touchdown. He was well on his way to winning that MVP of that Super Bowl. He made everything look easy for the Rams when he was out there because he was opening up Cooper Cup. He was opening up the run game. Stafford had easy throwing lanes. And it just it worked. It clicked. The Rams desperately needed him. But they didn't add him because they needed him. They added him because why not? He is a better weapon for us. It's why they traded for Von Miller. Why not? Sure, we have Aaron Donald. Who cares? Go get another one. Stafford is is a very good quarterback. He is not Josh Allen. So the idea of having Josh have Diggs, Gabe, Beckham Jr., Khalil Shakir, James Cook, Dawson Knox. I get the fear of being worried that he's going to take targets away from Gabe Davis and I think this is Gabe's year. He's going to take targets away from Khalil Shakir, and I want to see him develop. I don't care about that this year. I just want to win a Super Bowl. That's all anyone should care about. That's all really the Bills care about. I just want to win a Super Bowl. We just want to win a Super Bowl. You are the betting favorite. Do not let that slip because you want to develop a fifth-round pick. And I've said it before. Khalil Shakir, Brandon Bean has said it. He would have taken him in the fourth round. Most draft experts had him in the third. Well, then he should have no problem solidifying his role. And to be fair in camp, he's clearly showing that he should have the role that I, I think he will have. I'll get to that in the next segment. But if you're asking me right now that if we sign Odell Beckham Jr., and you know what? OBJ's healthy, and man, he looks good. We need to get him the ball that's not going to hurt the bills it's just not baker mayfield for his, as you know the positives he has seemingly his biggest negative was yeah he could not get on the same page with receivers he had a genuinely difficult time dealing with the sort of i guess the responsibility of making sure everyone got their touches making sure everyone was happy because he threw to the ball he it, The film shows he throws the ball to Odo Beckham Jr. when he really shouldn't have and didn't when he really, really should have. Baker, I think, got in his own head with Odo Beckham Jr. because that's who OBJ was. And when Cleveland drafted him, that is who he was. He was one of, if not the best wide receiver in football with unarguably the best start to a career in NFL history at the wide receiver position. But Josh Allen has been quite the opposite. And actually, I remember ESPN doing these kind of runs where, you know, why is Baker struggling with OBJ, but Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen have clicked right away. Allen gets Diggs, and Diggs is not nearly as high of a product as Odell Beckham Jr. But Diggs is still traded for a first-round pick, and many believe that Diggs was underappreciated in Minnesota in terms of his stats. That his stats did not tell a full story. He was that good, or he was that talented. And he was worthy of a first-round pick. And they clicked right away. But what was the one thing coming out about Diggs, especially out of Minnesota? I don't know how that's going to work. Josh is going to start missing him deep, and he's going to complain. He's, he's going to cause problems. He's going to be toxic to the locker room. That's what he was here in Minnesota. Turns out he wasn't. He really, really wasn't. Their offense wasn't good because their offense wouldn't throw the ball. Kirk Cousins, for all his faults, is actually not a bad quarterback. He's solid. He is definitely in the upper echelon, and I make I am excited to see what he can do in a Kevin O'Connell offense, getting a lot of the L.A. Rams vibes from them. That should be at least a little exciting. But Odell Beckham Jr. would just he would add a change of pace guy. He would add more mouths to feed. Yes, but you're not signing him to a three year deal. You're signing him to a one year deal. You know, this isn't peak Terrell Owens, who literally would just stalk Donovan McNabb on the sidelines for Eagles games until he threw him the ball. And even then, it, Terrell Owens kind of proved, you probably should just throw me the ball. This isn't even a receiving core that is desperate is in desperate need of Odell Beckham Jr. I think it's a very, very good wide receiver core. It's not the best, though. It's simply not the best wide receiver core. I don't think it's the Chiefs either, but I think the Chargers have an absolute run at that. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, of course you have to count out of the backfield. The Denver Broncos lost Tim Patrick, and they still have Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Albert O, K.J. Hamler out of the slot is going to be devastating to people. Then, in Arizona, once DeAndre Hopkins comes back, Hopkins, Hollywood Brown, Philadelphia has A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Quaz Watkins. Cincinnati, though, is the cream of the crop. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. The Bills have a very good offense, but a lot of their elite moments come because Josh Allen is just different. And him and Stephon Diggs are are on just a different wavelength than everybody else. Now, with this all being said, Gabe Davis could pop off this year and be a 1,200-yard receiver, Diggs a 1,500-yard receiver, and we're sitting there going, we have two number ones. That that could happen. I'm I'm not disparaging that. I fully believe in Gabe Davis. I bought his jersey for this year for that sole reason. But if I can take the pressure off some of those guys, because ultimately what allowed Gabe Davis to have that unbelievable playoff game? Outside of, of course, Tyron Matthew leaving the game. Look at the stat line. It was Stephon Diggs being on the field. Diggs did not have, in terms of stats, a good AFC Divisional game. He barely got the ball. But he caused such an issue for that secondary that they had to hound him and make sure he didn't hit the ball. It allowed Davis to have maybe the greatest playoff game by a wide receiver ever. Over 200 yards, four touchdowns. But if you add on a third wide receiver... Plus, after going through a whole season, if Khalil Shakir, or James Cook really are as good as advertised in camp, who are you supposed to cover? The Bills have the best secondary in the AFC. I don't trust the Chargers because I, I, Derwin Jackson, or, or I'm sorry, Derwin James has not been able to stay healthy for the Chargers at safety, and J.C. Jackson I don't think is very good at all. Diggs eats him up every time they play. Denver, Denver's not bad. Patrick Certana corner's really good. The Chiefs, no. No. Not if, not if we had more weapons. Not if Khalil Shakir, James Cook, and Odell Beckham Jr. Are on this team. Absolutely not. That defense is going to get carved up. The Colts, it's a frustrating defense. Cincinnati, frustrating defense. But again, it's one of those where if you keep adding weapons, eventually they just don't have enough good players to cover people. Eventually they have issues. And when you have a great quarterback, because that's the thing, like that's ultimately the thing for me here. You would add a ton of these weapons if you had a mediocre quarterback to try to hide that. Like Kirk Cousins, they should add as many wide receivers as they can just to hide the fact that he's not Mahomes or Brady or Allen. His own GM said that. But with Allen, you should do it just because you know, man, the more we add, the less they can stop us. They already couldn't stop us. Now it's just easier. Now it's all of a sudden there will be more just wide-open touchdowns because they forgot them. Or there just wasn't enough guys to cover. Odo Beckham Jr. is not going to be expensive. He won't be on the roster realistically in terms of just playing until November. And he can be a late-season jolt to this offense. Maybe they don't need, maybe they do. Look at last year. What was the jolt to the offense? It was an unsung hero. It was Ryan Bates in the offensive line. And it started to work. The running game started to work. The offense really found a groove to the point where they get into the playoffs, and it's one of the best performances you're ever going to see from an offense in the NFL. It's just simply put, one of the best offensive performances you'll ever see two straight weeks in a row. That's how I want to see Odell Beckham Jr. in terms of him potentially winding up on the Bills. Don't see it as somebody that's going to take targets away from Gabe Davis or make it harder for certain guys to get on the field. Talented guys will get on the field. That I don't worry about that at all. Think of it as, as just... Another tool in the toolbox. It's another thing to make Josh Allen's life easier. It's another thing that defenses have to worry about come playoff time. It's just another thing that they have to worry about, and the Bills don't. And Mike brought it up a lot today on Show of the Bulldog. What if there's an injury? Yeah, exactly. Because right now, if Gabe Davis, I'm not even going to say Stefan Diggs. If Gabe Davis goes down, Khalil Shakir, Tanner Dentry, Isaiah Hodgins, or Jay Kummerow. Those are the guys that has to take his spot. You can't feel good about that. You, you can't. You have to look at Beckham as almost... not only a good thing for the offense in the future, but potentially in the near future. That if something happens, he can plug in, you know you have a talented player who can hurt a defense... But also, two ACL injuries in the same knee. I could be completely wrong. And he's just not the same player after this. But if Von Miller vouches for him, I say why not? Give it a shot. Because you have a talented enough offense to where it won't kill you if it doesn't work. You will absolutely survive. So why not give it a shot and continue to add weapons to yes and already loaded loaded offense. But it is not the best offense, not in terms of skill position players. And so you would want to constantly get towards that goal. To be, without question, the best offense in terms of skill position players. We're going to take a quick time out. When I come back, talk a little bit about the role I do envision Khalil Shakir having. I thought a lot about this on Saturday, before Sports Talk Saturday. I I, I co-hosted that with Derek Kramer. And I want to dive a little bit deeper into that because while I I would love for the Bills to add Odell Beckham Jr., there's a role I envision for Khalil Shakir that even if OBJ is on this team, I think it's a role Shakir will thrive in. We'll talk about that when we come back here on the Nightcap on WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap here on WGR. Zach Jones along with you for about the next half hour or so. In our first segment, we talked a little bit about Odell Beckham Jr., why I believe the Bills should look to add him if they can. Again, I mean, cap situation. If, if he truly wants a bigger deal, I completely understand if they can't get him. that's It is what it is. Like That's not going to break my heart. It's not going to kill the season for me. But I do believe they should look to add him. But even if they do, he is still hurt, and he's going to be hurt for quite a while. He probably won't be back till at least November, likely on the Bills, December. So Khalil Shakir is somebody that I've talked a lot about on this show. He's someone I'm very excited about. And I did Sports Talk Saturday with Derek Kramer. I co-hosted that, and we talked a little bit about Shakir off air, right before we went on the show. we, We were catching up. We were talking about the rookies and all that stuff. And it occurred to me what I believe Shakir's role will be on this Bills offense, or what I want it to be. Because there are two roles that have actively opened up on this Bills offense. Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie's anything in Zach. They're still on the team. Yes, but they've actively changed roles. They are doing for this offense. Gabe Davis was the third outside receiver. I've already mentioned now with O with Odell Beckham jr. I thought the idea of him taking over that third outside role would have been big, but even then somebody has to fill it before he would, before he would even have an opportunity to Khalil Shakir for me could do that. And Gabe Davis's role over the past two years has been a fascinating one. He is not a big volume catch guy, doesn't get a ton of yards necessarily, but he's been a big touchdown guy pretty much his entire career. Seven touchdowns, I want to say, in his, in his rookie year and six in his sophomore season. But now he's going to get a much larger role. He is the secondary wide receiver, and he likely for most plays, is going to be that second look if Diggs is not immediately open. But a lot of what the Bills did in those first two years was they took a guy who was clearly ready to help out in an NFL team, was not nearly as raw as a lot of people thought would be as a fourth-round pick coming out, and he had an elite trait. I've talked about this before. His knack for the sideline is spectacular. It is different. How even in his rookie year, he just, he, kind of, he just knew where to catch the ball, how to stay in bounce, and it helped him find the field. Khalil Shakir, everything we hear in camp, he makes the position look easy. He catches the ball with ease. It does not look difficult for him. It doesn't look like he's trying too hard. He's just a natural receiver. Along with that, Shakir comes in with a healthy body weight. He is coming in as one of the larger players that the Bills have at receiver. Little over six foot, about 210 pounds, 215 pounds. And along with that, he has one of the faster 40 times. Now, to be fair, I actually thought Shakir was faster on tape than he actually was at the Combine. Not by a ton, but his acceleration is what did it. And that's where I think he can take on Isaiah McKenzie's role from the past, you know, however many years. Gadget plays. That's really what Isaiah McKenzie was, was gadget plays. Takes the ball out of the backfield. Moves around. Confuses a defense, uses his speed, but McKenzie doesn't have size. Never has. He's 5'8", 175 maybe. It's a speed. It's a separation. Shakir, though, can add in his 200-pound frame, 6'1", 6'2", and really cause issues for defenses. They're worried about Stephon Diggs. They're worried about Gabe Davis. Isaiah McKenzie, I genuinely do believe, could be a threat as a slot receiver. If everything coming out of camp is true, he can be a genuine problem day in and day out. Shakir can take on both of those roles because unlike either player, he is a mix of them in terms of how the Bills could use him. He's not an exact you know mix of the two. It's ridiculous. But they now don't have to split that between two players. I think Tavon Austin could have been one of those guys that maybe kind of becomes the Isaiah McKenzie but it's one of those two where I think they may actually just be wasting their time. That Khalil Shakir is a guy who they loved coming out of the draft. Had said and Brandon Bean has said that if he had a fourth-round pick, he would have taken Shakir there. He would have taken him in the fourth round. He fell to him in the fifth. And most draft experts had him as a third-round pick. He is a talented wide receiver in an oversaturated position. So now, use that player. Shakir is trying to find a role. Josh Allen has said as much. He is a grinder. He's working hard. He just wants to find a role. He just wants to help out. That's how he can help out is by getting on the field. Basically, whenever the bills need something different, they can scheme open a touchdown like they did with Gabe Davis so many times before in his rookie season. Shakir can be that guy. They want to get a little creative with their run game because that also is what sounds like the bills want to do. They realize they can't be the most traditional run game ever. So instead of running McKenzie, who's ultimately of similar stature to Devin Singletary and even Zach Moss, they can bring in a bruiser who actually has breakaway speed. Shakir could be a real threat out of the backfield. Brett Coleman on YouTube, he does a lot of film reviews and stuff like that. Called, Khalil Shakir, Debo Samuel Light. He's a mini Debo Samuel. And that was sort of like the the sort of fun thing to say this draft class whenever talking literally about any receiver is, well, how comparable are they to Debo Samuel? Traylon Burks was really the big one. You know, he's either A.J. Brown or Debo Samuel. I think he's neither, but a lot of people really, really wanted him to be. Or hoping he is. But Shakir genuinely has the skill set of Debo Samuel. He can genuinely do that role. Now, to be fair, Debo Samuel doesn't want to do that role, not long term. And I completely understand why. Why would he? Not in the sense of, you know, how good he's been, but in terms of forty times. Khalil's faster. Khalil's about 10 pounds lighter, but he's about an inch or two taller. Debo is an, is an unnatural threat. He is not a normal wide receiver. But I really do believe the Bills can figure out a way to try and get Khalil Shakir on the field. It was tougher now with, with Gabe when he came out. Gabe Davis was not the kind of guy that could just take the ball in the backfield and, you know, Works sort of as an off-speed or off-pitch kind of running back. That's not, it was never going to be his role, and why would it be? Isaiah McKenzie was never going to be a guy they would just scheme open as like a regular outside wide receiver. Again, why would they? That's not anything in his forte. Shakir, on the other hand, at Boise State, has done that. And that's ultimately my main point here. Is I can say all this, but it could be one of those where it's like, but Zach, why, why would they? It's not on film. Who cares? Whatever. He did it at Boise State. Really, he moved to slot in his senior season because the team just genuinely needed to get their best player the ball. They didn't have great quarterback play, so what's the easiest way to do it, especially in college? Move your guy to the slot, runs 5 to 10 yard outs, and just get him the ball and let him work in space. Let him work in the middle of the field. He's big enough, he's strong enough, and when that's not working, put him in the backfield. Hand him the ball. And I think the Bills clearly are showing that they're going to get a little more interesting in their run game with the fact that they signed Reggie Gilliam to a two-year extension. They started to use Gilliam a lot in their run game, not necessarily as a runner himself, but kind of in the way San Francisco uses their fullbacks, which is you are the sixth blocker. Your whole job is to push the run game forward. I think the Bills want to use Gilliam in the same way. But the thing is with the Bills, they've undersized running backs. It makes complete sense. Singletary's smaller. Cook is not necessarily going to be your average running back, so I wouldn't even be surprised if he doesn't even you know, rate in this conversation. And Zach Moss is a little bit smaller. So he's needed just to really help these guys move forward. Shakir, though, could be the guy that having Gilliam out, that run could be 10 yards. Having Gilliam in could turn that into a monster play downfield. Shakir is somebody that I am interested to see this preseason because I think he is... Obviously, I've I've said it a number of times. I think he is much, much better than his draft position. I think he is someone that the Bills, in a sense, really, really lucked into. But with Dorsey, and the thing I'm, I'm excited about with Dorsey is Dorsey was a quarterback. Before he became a coach, he was a quarterback. And he was the kind of quarterback who was not the most physically talented. Ken Dorsey was the kind of quarterback at Miami the University of Miami, that needed a ton of playmakers around him to make him look great. It's not that he was bad. It was just he was a true definition of a game manager. Get the ball to my playmakers and let them do the work. Let them do what they are great at. So Ken Dorsey's going to constantly look at more and more tools, more and more toys for him to use, even though Josh Allen is a far, far different quarterback from himself. The Bills would infinitely improve themselves if they can get Shakir the ball more and more and more. And the fact that every report I hear out of a lot of camp, out of the blue and red scrimmage, is that he looks way better than he does, tells me the Bills also know. Yeah, we got to get this guy on the field. And the best way to do it is kind of do what they did in college. I think Shakir can develop into that third outside wide receiver. But if he has to be a bigger slot receiver working out of the backfield before he earns that role, why not? It is, again, one of those things, same with with Beckham, where if it's for one year, let it be the year you truly feel like you're Super Bowl favorites because the AFC is getting stronger. Quarterbacks are going to be a year older. And in the AFC, that means just a year more experience. It doesn't mean they're getting close to retiring. It just means another year of experience, more playoff experience, teams getting better. It is just gonna it's gonna be interesting how the Bills use this year. They clearly have gone for it. The fact that they grabbed Von Miller, the fact that the Odell Beckham Jr. thing has not been shut down. And the fact that they ultimately did add wide receivers, Jamison Crowder. They grabbed Tavon Austin late. And of course Khalil Shakir in the draft. And we cannot forget. They want to add J.D. McKissick, that fellow through. So in the second round, they add James Cook. They have tried to add playmakers all over the field. And that is exactly what they're doing. But now the question is, how do they get them on the field? For Shakir, I believe it can be quite easy. Because it's not like they're inventing a role that he's just never done and they're hoping it works. He showed in college he has been able to do this for a number of years. He has always been a guy that seemingly his offenses have had to build around him because he is their best player. So why would the Bills change now? Again, with Chad Hall, especially as wide receiver coach, I think he absolutely will develop into a very good wide receiver, if not great. We're still waiting to see with Gabe if he's, you know, just a really good or great wide receiver. But Shakir, I absolutely believe there's the potential that two late late round wide receivers in a row, the Bills could strike gold. But where with Davis, he had a very niche role his rookie year of just catch touchdowns, we'll scheme you open, work hard, block hard. With Shakir, I think his role, his niche, is going to be taking over McKenzie and Davis's roles from the last two years. Be a gadget guy. Be a curveball. And be somebody that if they need to, they can scheme you open and you just just stride down the field to get a touchdown. And he showed that in the scrimmage that he has good ball tracking ability. It's now up to the Bills to see if they trust a rookie in such a heavily important year. We're going to take a quick timeout when we come back. The Patriots offense is still not good. I just want to comment on that a little bit as we head into the first week of preseason games. We'll talk about that right here on the Nightcap on WGR. Welcome back to the nightcap here on WGR. Zach Jones along with you for a quick final segment as we wrap up a Monday night. I, you know, I wanted to talk a little about the Patriots, but then I thought, well, oh, I got to put, the, I got to you go know, throw this song in, into, you know, the, the computer server, we can have it. I'd forgotten to for, you know, a few days now. And it's Edwin Diaz's walk-up song. I just, there's nothing better in sports than a closer with a truly spine-tingling, goosebump-inducing song. And there's always something about them, right? I mean, with Mariano Rivera, it was Sandman. And that made sense. I mean, you know, he just... Mariano, for a large stretch of time, was basically a for-sure save-win-Yankees-done. If he went in, the Yankees were winning, the game was already over, this was just a formality. But I think that's the thing, too, and why Edwin Diaz, who, especially on this radio station with Howard Simon, has a bit of a checkered history in terms of fanfare and love. But Diaz and the Mets specifically have made it so much cooler, and it's because the Mets are good. They have 70 wins. They're one of, like, four teams to have 70 wins. And the pitching rotation for a long time was sort of the selling point of the Mets. Of well, they'll, they'll lose one nothing, but man, getting that one run like takes everything out of whoever they played. And now they're getting run support, and then you add on the fact that Degrom, Scherzer are back, and Edwin Diaz actually looks like an elite closer. I can't remember who they're playing, but you know this song obviously plays in Citi Field as he's coming out, and he strikes out the side to end the game. For the Mets win. That is some of the coldest stuff you'll see in sports. To hear that, to hear all of Citi Field, which uh, the Mets are a rabid fan base. I love them. I'm an Angels fan, but I, I respect everything about the Mets fan. Seventh line and all that stuff. I love it. It's so cool. But to see him then strike out the side to win the game, you're just like, that is Amazing. It is just the coolest thing in the world for a closer to have a truly amazing entrance song. There's nothing better than that because it makes everybody, and, and you're lying if you didn't, it makes everyone think, man, what would my entrance song be? What would my walk-up song be? Everyone has one. They all think of it. Everybody does. It's just amazing. Love that the Mets are doing good. They take on the Reds later tonight. That's going to do it here for the Nightcap here on WGR. I'll be back with Show of the Bulldog tomorrow starting at 3. This was the Nightcap on WGR. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful night.